0: This visit, Karen, I would like to take a chance and break with a pattern we usually follow. Oh, my goodness. I like doing things differently on occasion. So let's go for a change and see what happens. What are we doing?
1: Well, if this visit bombs, (laughs) what we will not be doing is abandoning (laughs) the pattern that we've been doing for so long anyway.
0: Okay, honey, what are we doing?
2: Welcome to the Before We Go podcast featuring Dr. David Maines and his wife, noted author, Karen Maines. Here's David and Karen
1: Mays. Karen, our usual pattern is to put the point we're making into a single sentence, and we usually, normally, save that well into the visit.
0: So we're going to be radical. This podcast, we have decided to feature that key sentence at the very beginning of our discussion, and here it is. For the American church to regain the strength and prestige it once had, it must solve its prayerlessness problem.
1: I'll repeat it, but before I do, let me just say, kind of listen closely, and as a follower of this podcast, decide whether or not you agree with that premise, okay? Mm -hmm. For the American church to regain the strength and prestige it once had, it must solve its prayerlessness problem. Okay. I believe, Karen, that that's a fair statement, and I think that we're talking generally speaking. We're not Mm -hmm. talking about a specific situation in which a person might be involved church-wise, and it's just a great church, and they're a praying church and all the rest. I'm talking generally speaking in Mm -hmm. terms of the American public and the American church. Mm -hmm. There is a prayerlessness problem. Do you think people agree with that?
0: Well, I don't know if they agree with it, but the data gatherers, the Pew Forum and the Barna Group, have both come to this conclusion. In fact, the results of their studies and the very in-depth studies are rather stunning. Eighty percent of praying adults, and we don't know what the quality of those prayers are, but 82 percent of praying adults most often pray silently and by themselves. We don't have the power now that we used to have of prayer cells, prayer groups who met regularly and got to know one another, learn from one another how to pray. I mean, things were shared by example and things that went on, saw their prayers answered together. So that kind of system that used to exist in America no longer exists in our churches.
1: Yeah, I think that the people are not accustomed to coming together to pray. As I was being raised, I can remember prayer meetings. It was a time of a short sermon, and then there would be prayer requests. Most of the time, those prayer requests were about people who were sick or had physical problems. Uh-huh. And or they,
0: lost their jobs or something, something like that. Yeah, that those are important. The, they yeah.
1: are, Although I didn't know most of the people, so uh-huh. it made it difficult for me. Or it made it less meaningful uh-huh. to me, I put it that way. And usually they would stay in the same group and uh-huh. then several people would pray and that would kind of be the extent of it. Uh-huh. It was a good church. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't have negative feelings about the church uh-huh. at all, but prayer was not but a vital But that was your part. example of yeah. a, a, a uh-huh. church, how a church prayed. I had a good example, Karen, because I had this incredibly fortunate privilege of working with Youth for Christ on their national staff Mm -hmm. and those guys prayed yeah they knew how to pray they really did and i learned a lot just by listening to them they were passionate
0: those leaders rose up after the second world war i mean Mm -hmm. there was a whole renewal of christian organizations in the states and youth for christ was one of the significant ones and you were very privileged to be a part of those leaders
1: I was kind of at the lowest part of the totem pole. Mm-hmm. But I learned from them mm-hmm. in many ways. And Karen, they actually had times when they prayed all night. Yeah, they did. I never did it sessions, through the right. whole night. But they were amazing yeah. leaders in yeah. that sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Now the interesting thing is that data studies, as I mentioned, the Pew Forum and mm-hmm. Barna Group have found that only a very small percentage of people pray audibly with another person or group. Only 2% of the people who are praying mm-hmm. have that group prayer experience. Or even collectively pray with a group in a church. Mm -hmm. So we have a prayerlessness problem because history has shown, as you have talked about many times, that the great movements of God always grow on the base of huge prayer movements that begin to develop. I mean, I've said we need thousands of these small prayer cells all oh, no, over the wait, country.
1: You're talking, we need millions.
0: Well, you're saying we need millions There's of small prayer pra- cells in churches. order for America to be mm-hmm. affected again. And the prestige that you're talking about as far as the local churches that we're wanting to see is not great buildings. I mean, that's fine. But this church is demonstrating what Christians should be in among themselves. Look how they love one another. And then in their impact on community in the societies around them.
1: Okay, we are in a situation where there's so much that is commendable about the church mm-hmm. of late. I mean, we're very good in terms of youth ministry. We're good in terms of the whole transition of what's happening musically in mm-hmm. the church. We're in a position we're where... Using
0: visuals. Many churches use visuals. They're mm-hmm. very up-to-date with overhead screens and whatever. Yeah, in programming. We're very programming, good
1: Organizationally, yeah. we're good in many, many ways, but we are lacking in this area of effective, fervent prayer. Mm-hmm.
0: In my research on this topic, I came up with an article by Pastor Daniel Henderson, and he heads up a group called the Strategic Renewal Group. And so he began to ask, why don't pastors lead our churches in prayer?
1: Good article and can you review yeah, some of those big points? I will. Your,
0: okay, many of these pastors grew up in a prayerless church environment, so we're talking about the young group who are in their 20s, early 30s, and those 20 years that was in their formation period, they weren't a part of no churches, models. they didn't have any models. Most of these were trained in a prayerless educational process, and he refers then to his own education in seminary. Let me read just a little bit of what he said. Okay. I received seven years of formal undergraduate and graduate sermons on prayer and studied theological truths about prayer, but no one took me aside and taught me to pray by praying with me on a regular basis. And he says this is the problem with most pastors. They've never had anyone tutor them, be a mentor to them, in how to be praying people and how to create praying
1: people. Yeah, he's saying in college and seminary all those years, mm-hmm. I learned a lot of things, but I didn't experience the privilege of praying yeah. with, any with of a those... mentor. Yeah, yeah, with a mentor, Exactly. That would be common, very, very common. Yeah. That would be my experience That would be well. your mm-hmm. experience as well yeah. in, in but seminary. But for Christ did fill that yeah. void for me. Yeah, yeah, you had an example. That was after yeah. you'd
0: had some, a couple years of seminary, mm-hmm. right? Three, some of these pastors are not sure how to lead effective and life-changing prayer experiences, and so yeah. they feel yeah. unsure and
1: inadequate. Yeah, I would say that you probably won't solve the problem of prayerlessness in the church by preaching sermons about it. Mm-hmm. It may have some effect, but that's not the best way to resolve it. Mm-hmm. And I would agree with what he says there.
0: So he points up this interesting thing. All of them minister in a prayerless, success-oriented culture. The culture at large in the culture within the church. And in order to be a successful church, you have to have measurements for that, growth, finances that are coming in enough to support the yeah, baptism, outreach of the baptisms. Okay. Yeah. And those are all great. But he talks about being in a statewide church leadership conference. And he said after his session, a man approached him, him explaining that he was the chairman of the pastoral search committee in his
1: local church. So they were looking for a minister. Yes. Mm-hmm. And
0: he pulled out a list, this man did, of over 85 desirable attributes for their next pastor. After which had been compiled through a survey of the congregation, mm. <laughs> 85 mm. desirable attributes. Yeah, he's doing his homework. <laughs> Many of the qualities centered on things like communication skills, that's great, management ability, fine, pleasant mm-hmm. personality, oh, we hope so, and strong pastoral care interests. But nowhere on the list was there any mention of the priority of prayer as an essential for the new pastor. Now, isn't that extraordinary?
1: No, I'd say that's probably... I think that's common. Yeah, common. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's an oversight, but the oversight reveals where we're coming from.
0: There are a couple more points, but let me go through them quickly. Many pastors want to avoid the embarrassment of a prayerless church. So when you call for a prayer meeting and you have a handful of people who come, it states in a visual kind of reality way that this is not a church that knows how to pray or is interested in praying, can't make the time for it. And I think one of the things we might say here, David, is that our culture overloads our systems. We have so much screen time that we spend on Mm -hmm. than other generations didn't have. We're busy, busy, busy. We're going, going, going. Our calendars are full. You know, there's no time for prayer to be built into that.
1: Well, we haven't made the time.
0: Well, we haven't felt like it was important enough to make the time.
1: I would agree. These are all very helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are more.
0: Yeah, there's a couple more. Some battle a prayerless personal life. It's hard to take the church farther than you have journeyed in your own life. Now, there are ways to do that, and that means an act of humility. I don't know how to pray very well, and I'm going to connect myself with people in my church who are farther along than I am so I can learn from them, and we're going to then learn from one another. I mean, that's just a hard place for many pastors to come Mm -hmm. from to admit that, but that is one of the reasons why we don't have praying leadership in our church. And then one more Every pastor is a special target of an enemy, and you can bet that enemy doesn't want our pastors to be praying pastors or our churches to be praying
1: churches. Yeah, that's very fair. That's helpful. I'd like to say that we'll talk on this topic for several more times because mm-hmm. there's a lot of study that has been done by very confident people. Mm-hmm. I don't feel as though I am lacking in experience, but I also don't feel like I'm the only person who has insight into this, even when I join with you, the two of us we need help trying to say, how do we resolve this thing, which is a massive problem and in I terms think, of our land?
0: I think the bottom line we're going for, because many people do pray. I mean, 80% of people who are faith-based say they pray, but it's an individual prayer. It's not out loud. And it's hard to measure how much that prayer goes on in yeah, their it, lives. It, it may the, be, oh God, help me find my car keys.
1: That's exactly right. It depends on the questionnaire. Mm-hmm. Do you pray in mm-hmm. the course of Oh much time? yes, all the time. Yeah, how yeah. Much time? Yeah. yeah.
0: So what we're going to go toward in the next podcast is trying to build a case for the fact that America needs and the church in America needs prayer groups that meet regularly. And we're recommending once a week, same group of people, maybe four to eight is an ideal group of people. And they learn how to pray with one another by praying with one another. And you are in a group like that. If you have a chance on this podcast or in the next ones, I would like you to really go into what you have learned from your prayer group that meets weekly by phone.
1: When you say what I've learned, uh, there's so much that I've learned. Mm-hmm. These are people in different parts of the country, and we come together once a week on Wednesdays mm-hmm. at noon to pray for an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are eight of us that are consistently there, and then sometimes other people will join us. I don't know how they hear about it, probably through some of the people, in mm-hmm. the group to say, would you like to join us? Two. Probably the word would be... It's a revival. Prayer. Revival prayer. Group. We are praying for a new life uh-huh. to come to the church. I find that a lot of times, when somebody in that group will pray something, they use a great expression, and then I write it down because <laughs> I see that's very good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you that again because that was what I was trying to express and couldn't get it right. But that's a good phrase. So you're in trouble, God. you got to listen to that. But that's
0: one of the examples of what praying in a prayer group does for us. It Mm -hmm. opens our minds that sometimes get closed to certain ways of doing things and certain formulas. And then someone else breaks out according to their own patterns and we go, wow. Oh, my goodness, that's wonderful. So that's mm-hmm. why those are the things that happen in these prayer cells.
1: One of the persons in the group prayed this last time and said, I don't know why I keep track of these things, but this is my 200th time to join with the group and pray. <laughs> and I thought, wow, because this is one of the persons who joined later on, uh-huh. and we had been praying for some time before he became a part. So I didn't start it. Mm-hmm. Somebody else started it. I'm a part of the group. I would say that we're probably into 350 times we've prayed together. You've
0: been gone for
1: it's Go the, on the one highlight one. of my week. Okay, It is the highlight of my week. I really, really enjoy it, and I, I have learned so much. And as a group, we have become quite powerful. In the sense that one of the women in the group said the other day, Lord, this is the most important hour of my whole week. Oh, my I am called to be here. Uh-huh. We are your praying people. We want you to know that we're on your side. <laughs> and we're praying what we feel is your heart for this and land. And
0: whenever I ask you, well, how did your prayer group go today? You always say well, recently, the last great. couple of months, yeah, oh, it was, it was great. great. It was wonderful. And yeah. then I'll say, well, why was it so wonderful? And then we'll go yeah. into the reasons for that. But it has really impacted you, and you are 85 years of age. You're learning things new about prayer.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's really true. I don't think you will solve the prayerlessness problem in the Mm -hmm. church by saying, let's have a Wednesday night service Mm -hmm. or something of that sort, where the whole congregation comes together Mm -hmm. and a few people pray. But I do think you can solve it if all we seed these churches Mm -hmm. with many small groups Mm -hmm. where people are learning from one another and have a long-range vision, because you don't coalesce as a group immediately. Mm-hmm. It takes a while. I would say, Karen, that one of our great trials coming up is that there's going to be a political election, mm-hmm. and there'll be people on both sides of that. Yeah, you
0: have, you have very different political positions that in mm-hmm. your
1: group. And that,
0: you've weathered it really well, I think. You, you know?
1: said the prayer group is bigger than political differences. Beautiful. And, That's and, beautiful. And, and it's a learning process even mm-hmm. in that regard. How, how do you pray for those people? I think that, Karen, every prayer group, there needs to be leadership. Now, that leadership could change over time Mm -hmm. or it could say, I'm deferring for a while to so-and-so, you Mm -hmm. lead us. But But
0: someone, though, who sort of makes sure the group gets through the process Mm -hmm. well and doesn't get boggled down in the process, and that's easy to happen in any group of any kind.
1: Yeah. I would say that if pastors could call people to form into small groups, mm-hmm. let them pick out the ones they want. Mm-hmm. If the group grows too big, they'll divide. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll do what they need to do. But it's not going to happen without the creativity of the people involved. Some people may say, well, you know what? Our group comes an hour early mm-hmm. to church, mm-hmm. and we immediately go to the room. We don't horse around. Mm-hmm. We, we just start to pray. Yeah. And we pray up until 10 minutes before the service mm-hmm. starts. That's our weekly time when we come together as a group.
0: Well, I think that... We have to ask them to make a covenant. We have to ask people to be serious about this, because a lot of the lessons that come from praying in a group come a little bit later on, as you get to know one another better. And then not a lot of time is spent in the prayer time doing that, getting to know one another. You know one another as you hear one another praying. So there needs to be kind of a commitment. I will attend this group, and we'll see what happens for a year. And we will meet this frequently, or we will meet at this time. And we're recommending once a week, but they have to frame that themselves. But has to be that kind of covenant mm-hmm. commitment to the group.
1: Yeah, we're getting a little bit big, so we need to split.
0: Yeah. It's mm-hmm. gonna
1: be hard, yeah. but we will do it. Yeah. So and so in the church would be good at this, but isn't involved in a group. Mm-hmm. So let's see if we can pull that person in mm-hmm. and let's see if maybe in the next half year we can divide in two. Mm-hmm. Because we've learned a lot and if we could bring people along in the process, that mm-hmm. would be very good. But those prayer cells are very important and it does take leadership. Mm-hmm. I think if you just come and say, let's get together and see what happens. Mm-hmm.
0: There's always sort of a feeling of who, 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 what, 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 what you know, that worries you if you have someone who is a skilled leader mm-hmm. that takes that uncomfortableness away from the group that's meeting and they can trust that that person he or she will move them along in the right kind of way.
1: Yeah. And some people will be very organized mm-hmm. and some people will be much very spontaneous. Uh, spontaneous. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the organized time. And I like I've, the
0: spontaneous. Well,
1: <laughs> I would say if you put me in charge, I'm going to say, OK, we got six minutes. We're going to pray, pray prayers of praise let <laughs> me explain what it means we'll go through it then we will stop and we will start to pray prayers of thanks or gratitude then we will be in a situation where we're going to bring our requests before the lord mm-hmm. so but we're praying in terms of the nation in mm-hmm. terms of the churches of the land not only in terms of our community our church but the other churches in our community mm-hmm. we're praying for a great movement of the holy mm-hmm. spirit and we're going to learn together mm-hmm. we're going to see something amazing in this day,
0: I have a wonderful example of this that just came to my attention. So, we have many prisoners who've been taken out of inner city neighborhoods because of crimes and put in jails. And we've followed some of this in Chicago. And in the prisons, there has been a real renewal and revival and coming to Jesus kind of movement. Yeah, it's been one of
1: the great highlights of, one what's of going on. Yeah, extraordinary.
0: Of, and so mm-hmm. I was reading an article about Chicago, which has a high crime rate, a lot of shootings. I mean, it's gang-related. And the writer made the comment that we have all of these young men now who've been in prison for years, many who've gotten their degrees in prison. They've had tutoring and wonderful relationships with prison ministries. They've become Christian, and they have grown in their faith, who are now being released back into their oh, yeah. old neighborhoods. Imagine the impact of it. And to talk about answer to prayer in the most unusual sort of way. you the goosebumps. <laughs> but that's the kind of thing that these groups we're talking about effectuates. So we do have markers for the impact of our prayers. And this is one example mm-hmm. of what happens when people pray.
1: Yeah, very much so. Let me repeat that sentence once more and say that we're just getting into it and we're determined that we're going to be positive and not be critical. People don't need to be beaten over the head. No, they don't be need to be, yeah. be ashamed. For the American church Church, to regain the strength and
2: prestige it once had, it must solve its prayerlessness problem. You've been listening to the Before We Go podcast. And if you would like to write to us, please send us an email at the following address: hosts at beforewego.show. That's all lowercase letters: hosts at beforewego.show. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please remember to rate, review, and share on whatever platform you listen. This podcast is copyright 2022 by Mainstay Ministries, Post Office Box 30, Wheaton, Illinois 60187.